0: Dedicated to the fearful. May you one day ask your fears to dance. That is the dedication at the start of the book, A Walk Through Neverland, which is today's guest, Diana Carmela's story about her uh, quest to take on the Pacific Northwest Trail, which she'll talk all about, and it's a very rare kind of through hike Um, but more importantly that's kind of the opening of this absolutely wonderful book you're gonna hear me gush all about this book on this episode so so totally buckle up for that Um, and it's this story about meeting your fears and using adventure and using nature to kind of form a healthy relationship with your fears and i think that is kind of like hitting at this like core aspect of adventure and of being in nature but also just this core aspect of being a human being Um, we all have fears fears is a normal thing for humans to have Um, and yet we a lot of us don't want to face them or don't want to deal with them or don't want to ask them to dance right um a lot like a lot of us want to avoid those at all costs right like fears suck (laughs) you know when you're scared of something it's not something that's pleasant in your life and you can go this like escapism route and you can try to avoid and try to avoid and try to avoid and what you find out and i find out and all of us find out is they're inescapable they're just a part of our life and there has to be like a healthy way of recognizing what we're fearful of and taking it in to our every day and i think diana's book like i mean i think that's a huge theme of this absolutely wonderful book stop the podcast right now go on our website diana order the book It's fantastic um and it's also uh, well we'll get into it i don't want to like just praise it so much right here in the in, in the intro except to say i think it does hit at this very common thing that all of us experience at one point or another in our lives and it's these seasons of discontent it's the times in life where we aren't where we think we should be you know like for whatever reason, these, we find ourselves in a situation where we're like, I don't know if this is where I'm actually meant to be at this point of life. You know, like I just, I feel like life has seasons and you have these seasons of bumpy waters and you have these seasons of smooth sailing and everyone has them. Um, and I think her book really hits at this idea of like being unsatisfied, being unfulfilled with something that you thought was going to fulfill you. Um I think the thing that really hit home with me um at the beginning of this book is it's we have these giant moments of trauma in our lives, these real deep dark valleys where something completely unexpected just sideswipes us and knocks us off our feet, you know, and we have to step up and deal with whatever the horrible situation is right um and those are common amongst people as well but i think something that doesn't get as much attention is these like micro moments of discontent maybe not something huge but these micro moments that are adding up over time and how do you deal with that and i think that's what this book's about i think that's what diana's all about And I guess to put it in another way, I'm a very cinematic like mind guy. Like I love stories told to me in that fashion. That's why I love movies so much. Uh, And I think her book is just incredibly like a wonderful read. You can picture it as a movie in your mind. Um, And I'm thinking about the movies I really connect to as it pertains to adventure. And for me, it's always the story of the person who isn't satisfied who has quote unquote lost their smile <laughs> and then they go on an adventure and through this adventure they f- find meaning and they find fulfillment and they find happiness and they find their smile again quite literally in the cinematic masterpiece city slickers with billy crystal a very sexy bearded billy crystal by the way um, by the end of the movie and then he shaves his beard at the end which is a travesty Billy Crystal, keep the beard, dude, always. It's a great rugged look for you. Um, And I also think another movie that I love and I show my leadership class is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. um, Because I think it goes to show like what adventure can do for a person. And when I think about Diana and I think about this book and I think about her story and I think about this hike and adventure she went on, in the book she comes across as someone who's you know kind of stuck at the beginning and having just talked with her she comes across as this person who has this wonderful fulfillment in her life and has found this wonderful meaning and it comes across just in the way she interacts so this is a long intro and i apologize uh but i really appreciated this conversation really appreciated this podcast and and I'm grateful that I got a chance to sit down and interview Diana Carmella, author of the wonderful book *A Walk Through Neverland*. All <laughs> right, ladies and gentlemen, I am very honored today to be joined by just an amazing human being, uh, Diana Carmella. Um, welcome to the podcast. She's a producer, a author, a long-distance hiker an all-around awesome human being. Uh, She does an amazing podcast with uh, Jennifer Mavis, who we can talk about, but a previous guest to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm just psyched to have you on and and hear all about your book and all about all of your adventures that you've had.
1: Yeah, this is awesome. It's very rare that I'm not uh, doing this with Jen. I'm not like talking to Jen, because we... We, you know, I'm I'm kind of happy about it. I get a little break, you know? Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> one
0: thing I love about your guys' podcast, which is called Bush and Banter, and everybody should check it out. It's, it's a wonderful outdoor adventure podcast, but you guys go even deeper into some of these like major themes and all this stuff. And you've been interviewing these amazing people at this point. But one thing I love about it is you guys get to like throw, like you get to like, <laughs> s- like snark at each other a little bit. And I love it. And I'm like, it just... I mean, it's funny because I think in one of your episodes, you talked about it being like some people being like put off by it. But to me, I'm like, it just shows how like close these two are. Like they've hiked together. If you've hiked with anybody, you have a different way of talking and you're able to like, you know throw joke with each other and things like yeah, that. yeah
1: i've seen her you know take a piss in the woods quite a few times so after you see that it's kind of like downhill fair from there game.
0: everything's but fair um game.
1: Yeah, but uh, you know what it is we have the same we're, we're actually incredibly different people incredibly different but we have the same humor and mm-hmm. i think we find the same things funny and sometimes it's inappropriate and you know but but we get each other on the humor level. So yeah, yeah. and she keeps me in my place and I keep her in her place. So Yeah, you don't
0: let each other's egos get too big or anything like that. (laughs) It's good to have friends like that, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, um, I I look at it kind of like where, have you seen The Suicide Squad? Are you familiar?
0: I've watched the like, newest one
1: okay like or really any superhero i feel like me and her like she's very good at certain things and i'm very good at certain things and what i'm good at she's terrible at and you know vice versa and so you know she's a numbers girl and you know she gets off on those numbers and calculations and you know like a, a pie graph is that what it's called pie chart yeah Totally. To just get her so excited and um you know and then I'm the creative like I'll <laughs> stay up all night thinking about like color tones and yeah. like designing a media kit you know that gets me going so I think yeah we we complement each other really well because we uh we're like a suicides we have different you know we're good at certain things and we come together yeah we power together to make make shit happen
0: and you win the day maybe and we
1: win the yeah 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 so it's exciting no that's
0: great because i you know i've been doing this podcast solo for a long time now and obviously like i have people i love having back on as guests and things like that and i've had people co-host with me and it is interesting because like you do need especially now that you guys are interviewing various people like you need a co-host that like completes those areas for you which is really cool that you were able to find that
1: Totally. I mean, she, we interviewed, we did an interview last week and I remember I just blanked and Jen could see it. Jen's like, Diana's out. She doesn't know what to say. And I'm shaking and I'm like, I don't know what to say. And Jen's like, she doesn't know what to say. And so Jen will step in. And I think we, we know when, when the other person needs to step up and when the other person needs to back down so it works i don't know how but yeah it works it works you make it work (laughs)
0: one you guys had this like well and i'm curious to see how you guys met each other but you guys did this uh through hike together yeah Um, yeah remind me the hike the tahoe rim trail that's what i thought and uh so you probably like were able to like recognize that through that adventure
1: uh, you know, yeah, the, the first couple days, you really learn a lot about somebody after a through hike. Yeah. And the first couple days, I think we didn't know each other that well, you know, and so she asked me to do that hike and I was like, I yeah, get all right, you know, at least I know sh- she could do it, you know, I know she could do it because she did the Pacific Crest Trail. And um, yeah, you, we really uh, learned a lot about each other, but I think we both yeah we we find we just cracked up so much we found everything so funny and the other thing too is i'm very sarcastic and she could she could handle it like yeah <laughs> i can make fun of her and she'll laugh you know and she won't get upset that i need somebody like that in my life yeah so um but yeah you do learn a lot about somebody from through hiking
0: yeah no and i want to dive into through hiking and uh and you wrote this wonderful book which we want to talk i want to talk about but This is going to get really weird for a second. So Robbie Robertson is the lead guitarist for the band, the band, the band. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. And he passed away yesterday. And so I've just been listening to their music a whole bunch today. Um, And he wrote the song of the weight, which is a fantastic song. But I'm like, as I'm listening to it and preparing to interview you, I was like, this song feels like a through hiker experience kind of because it's like, talks about like I rolled into Nazareth feeling about a half past dead and I'm like oh
1: yeah oh
0: my God does that sentence not just describe how every thru hiker probably feels every time they roll into town you know and then from there in the song they meet he meets like all these various people from all various walks of life and like just some interesting folks that come along in the journey and stuff and I'm like dude that's this is like a thru hiking song maybe I love That's it. I love that
1: song. When you started singing it, I was like, oh, yeah, I know exactly which one he's talking about. I'm glad yeah.
0: you did because I didn't do the best performance there. And it was terrible. It was a very I, bad performance, but you knew it.
1: I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> but I just was, heard was heard. like, yeah.
0: And I'm like, yeah. so to kind of start, like when you've been a thru hiker, what is the feeling of feeling a half past dead? What is that? F- how do you how would you describe that in your experience? And oh, then, man. Yeah.
1: Half past dead. <laughs> There's so much. I think, you know, it's, um, I, I, I really don't even consider myself a through hiker. I did the Pacific Northwest trail in, uh, 2019. I did the tower room trail with Jen. Uh, I've done uh, like Mount Whitney, like five or six times and, you know, a bunch of other smaller stuff, but, but still that, that term through hiker, I, I don't really associate with that world because the hike that i did i didn't see anybody you know yeah. the the pacific crest trail has like 7,000 people that yeah. do it every year and the, the year that i did the pacific northwest trail i think 30 might have attempted it and half completed it wow. like it's something wild like that so um but go, you know what what you were saying like i think half past dead i i can't imagine doing a through hike and not feeling like I, today might be the day where i'm going to i might die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know like like whether it be from a hitch ride or just from a really strenuous long like you know incline hike or a, a you know a day where it's just like you, you can't feel your legs, you know. I think the most i hiked in a day was 22 miles. Yeah. But but for Pacific Crest Trail hikers that's nothing. I think Jen did 40 miles in a day, which i still don't believe her, but i don't know. She
0: added a couple of miles there 100%. Yeah. yeah.
1: But yeah, but but i um <laughs> I mean you're a runner, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't get that. Like I mean, <laughs> you must feel dead most days. I run a mile and I just want to die curled uh-uh. up in a ball and just on the sidewalk, you know? But um but I imagine it's like running too. Yeah. I mean, but sometimes those days where you think you're just going to die, it ends up you look back and I'm like, that was a great freaking time. That was yeah. an awesome time because yeah. it feels good to push yourself. Like you're a runner, you know, it it feels good, really good to push yourself. Yeah. So if I have to feel like I'm dying, <laughs> like I'm all right with that. Cause you feel alive, you know? I mean, it's like the physical aspect of running and through hiking, it it gets so hard, but it's addicting, man. I mean, you know, as a runner, it, it's addicting and yeah, I mean, that's what I was
0: going to bring up because I think for whatever reason, maybe this was just me putting way too much on one line in a song. But I was like,
2: <laughs> you're feeling
0: <laughs> ha- like you're feeling destroyed and yet you feel super alive and connected. And I think that's the coolest part.
1: Oh, yeah. You tell anybody who finished a thru hike like that day when they finish like, oh, my God, it was amazing. That you know, I'm done. I'm done. And then like a couple days later, a week later, they're planning their next thru hike. It's yeah. It's, um, I hate to say this, but it's almost like being in an abusive relationship. It's like, you just take so much, but you still keep going back, you know, because you can't get enough of it.
0: But unlike an abusive relationship, like the outcomes are like super positive. Like, you know, for the most part, I'm assuming you're having positive things come out of it because you're experiencing this like personal growth.
1: Oh, totally. Totally. And it's, it's, um, it's so much growth in a very short amount of time and i think yeah i think that's that's what it is I don't yeah. Know.
0: yeah and that's probably like a really intense experience because it is all that growth in weeks or months and for some people you know
1: oh yeah oh yeah but i was
0: wondering so pacific northwest trail i have a billion questions about it but you're you just said like 30 people attempted 15 ish people finished are you going through town there? Like those towns are not used to through hikers, I can't imagine. It's not oh, like the Pacific yeah. Crest Trail or Appalachian Trail, where people are coming into town all the time with big backpacks. Like, what is that like? They you're just wandering in and they're like, Who is this wanderer? You know, who is it?
1: They are podunk towns in the middle of nowhere. But those are some of my favorite places. Like, honestly, some of the coolest, weirdest freak. I love weird people. And so, I mean, it's a a dream for me. But yeah, I I hit a town every, I I mean, three, three days, three, four days, maybe. Tiny tiny towns. I remember there was one town. It was called Yak, Montana. I will never forget Yak, Montana, baby. And I mean, there's just like a saloon and like a a mercantile with. And you walk into this mercantile, and all the canned goods are just covered in dust. And there's a cat in the corner just staring at you, and like wind chimes and a man with like a beard and overalls and a rocking chair. I mean, I'm not making this up this is that town it
0: sounds like out of in yak montana there would only be a saloon and a mercantile which is awesome that's it yeah
1: that's it and like some cabins that you can stay in for 50 bucks you know everybody knows each other and small town and tiny miniature yeah (laughs) and um but they're incredible i mean uh, some of the people that i met on that in the whole pacific northwest in these tiny towns were just so Cool. I mean, I that's a terrible adjective, but yeah. they were just so awesome and cool and interesting and and yeah, but you hit about a town every like three to four days. So it's it's not like you know, you don't you don't see anybody the whole time, but yeah. you are in the you are in the woods. I mean you're you're deep in the woods um yeah. with a non-existent trail sometimes. So were
0: people like surprised? Like what what is going I'm on? Like
1: boo <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh well it um you know, those small towns, they still don't get a lot of through hikers. So it is fairly still kind of new. And um for I mean, I don't know if you got to the chapter of my book, um, the, uh, <laughs> the, the three American cowboys. But I mean, there were these three guys who, you know, like, what are you doing in the neck in this neck of the woods, you know, like, and I'm just like, I'm from Los Angeles. And they're like, Oh, pansy town. And I was like, Yep and and there's still but they get a kick out of it you know they really get a kick out of it and i i just had a lot of fun with the people on that trail on yeah. in the towns yeah well and
0: i think like is just interesting because i'm sure your perspective being someone who lives in Los Angeles of yak montana yeah. for example yeah. and yeah. yak montana's perspective of people who live in Los Angeles is not a realistic perspective because you guys have never crossed paths before and i just feel like when we allow ourselves to have these like really cool human interactions it's an it's a mind expanse like it expands your mind you're like oh the people in yak montana they're not much different than i am in many many ways you know
1: absolutely oh you know what at the end of the day we're all just we want to do our best we want to Put a clean shirt on and go out and do our best, Yeah. Uh. whether it's feeding our families or, you know, just we want to be happy, you know, at, at the end of the day. And and even in Yak, Yak, Montana, I mean, we had different political beliefs. We were yeah. completely different. And yet I partied with those guys, you know, at the we were, uh, you know, partying to wee hours in the morning, like at yeah. a at the saloon, you know, and yeah, it's called the Yak Tavern, I believe.
2: Great <laughs>
1: but name. yeah, but it's um. At, yeah i don't know it it was we all had that commonality of we just want to be happy and have a good time and they ended up being really really cool human beings even though they made a ton of fun of me and they uh (laughs) i don't know it was wild it was great you know that's really cool well i think that's still
0: that's such an important thing because we we at times can like live our lives through a screen and form all these judgments and opinions and then but when you actually go out in the real world and you're interacting with like people you realize yeah. like oh we're most of us most of the parts of us are very similar you know i think i just think that's a powerful thing and probably a powerful outcome from doing this
1: oh oh uh, gosh absolutely and um yeah yeah I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the other towns because i just met so many unique people in these towns and a lot of old men yeah and um I, there's a chapter uh in my book it's called uh this um, the smashed coins and yeah. Glenn Proctor. He was a guy in his seventies and I just freaking needed help. I got really sick. I just needed help. And he, he helped me. He took me to town and he didn't know me. I met him that day, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, they, they, I, I truly love the people up there. Like, um, even though we are very different polar yeah. opposites, Yeah. The, the people really, really made that, uh, adventure what it was. If it wasn't for the people, I wouldn't have wrote a book. I wouldn't have. You know, yeah. thought twice about it, but it was the people. Yeah. The human yeah. connections and the stories and their stories as well, you know. And hopefully I made an impact, I don't know, in, in their lives, as, you know, as an outsider. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But I, I imagine I, I your documentary, I, I remember, you know, you have all these people, uh, a war veteran, uh, a widower, like all these people come together for the common goal of running. Yeah. And it is, it was uh, remarkable just to see the different, you know everybody's so different and yet they have this commonality of just running yeah. like through the desert for 150 miles it's like that's nuts <laughs> and they all are unit they're really um what is it, right unified i'm not a yeah rider, I'm yeah. Gonna... yeah you are for... a writer
0: by the way and, oh thank you uh, good yeah, job but... word.
1: <laughs> yeah and and it is um through a sport even the pacific crest trail yeah. and all this through hiking i think the hikers that i did meet yeah we just share this common goal and it bonds us you know it's, yeah. a, it's a really strong bond yeah it's like
0: the instant bond instant icebreaker and now you can go deeper and then you can come to these realizations of like oh yeah like we're very much the same and al- aligned in many ways you know and i think that's cool and also when you're doing something as extreme as as that like uh through hike like you're taking care of each other along the way because you have to because you're you're relying on each other as much as you're relying on yourself, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. I I don't ask for help in my normal life. I'm not somebody. I, I was brought up to be a strong, independent woman that don't <laughs> need no help from nobody. Um, but uh, on that trail, I, I needed help. I yeah. needed serious, serious help. And uh, people were there. I mean, yeah. really there for me. Strangers yeah. were there for me you know, and, uh, it's remarkable. Yeah. The, the cool. human spirit, you really, you're injected with a lot of, um, love and just, yeah, the human spirit is what carried me through that hike. You know, I couldn't have done it without those strangers. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool.
0: No, that's so cool. And I, so I'm going to, your book is called a walk through Neverland. And I was asking you before we started recording, I was like, are you comfortable with compliments? And you said,
1: terrible i'm i no not at all okay so because i think
0: this book is absolutely fantastic like uh,
1: all right goodbye <laughs>
0: <laughs> so first of all i have to say i opened it up and looked at the table of contents and there was the first chapter was just called tom hanks and i'm like well i'm already gonna like this book like you know what i mean <laughs> who
1: doesn't love that guy who doesn't
0: love tom hanks and i obviously awesome dude you had nothing but amazing things to say about tom hanks and this morning while i was going for a run i was like wait a second what if the chapter would have been called tom hanks and it would have been like tom hanks called me a name and then i decided to be a hiker because screw tom hanks and then i was like the fact that that thought never entered my mind just makes me so proud of tom hanks you know
1: he's a great guy i mean i i got to I hang out with him I didn't hang yeah. out with him but I I got to see yeah. him
0: interact with other people. I got to
1: be with him and he is he is Tom Hanks I mean he's exactly who you think he's Forrest Gump baby yeah. I mean <laughs> he's a great guy yeah yeah
0: um yeah. so right away I knew I was gonna like it because of that um <laughs> but I'll say like as I've been reading and I'm 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 into it now I'm probably like 60 pages I can't put it down. I've only been reading it for like a day and a half now.
1: Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, you just got back. So what I just got back. You actually and got I, far though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say this and I don't want to be like overly dramatic or overly complimentary. Oh, no. but I believe it's right. justified. Are you ready for this? I'm oh, enjoying gosh. this book better than Wild. I don't shut, I'm silent now
2: shut up I
0: am and I'll tell you why because I was trying to think like I don't want to just be like I do I do have a problem of like seeing the world through rose colored glasses at times and uh but I'll tell you but it's so all I was like thinking this morning like I have to justify this and here's why I think at least in the beginning of the book which is always first of all the book's very cinematic which I enjoy like I can imagine it and picture it as a movie. So look for get the rights to that
1: i i wrote it to be a film
0: okay so i that comes across okay very well done um and in that i mean like it moves like it's really good it moves it's funny it's emotional things like that okay Um, go on
1: i'm intrigued now
0: (laughs) the uh and we'll get to the beginning in a second but um i think the thing that i'm connecting to the most is i think what you hit on which is this like season of discontent that you're in i think that is relatable to every single person like oh yeah it's it's not like an overly like i mean we all have our own reasons and why's for going out and adventuring and some of them are very emotional like i have some very emotional things i felt the need to go out on an adventure to kind of like process you know and a lot of people do but I think there is this quiet discontentment that people go through in life where mm-hmm. they're just unsatisfied, but they're like stuck in the flow of the river of life or whatever. And yeah. and it's a lot of people don't take the time to like deal with that. And I think your book hits on that uh, feeling discontented um, and And you mentioned this idea of like trying, you're trying to solve this by these like micro happiness is what I kind of called it in my mind. I was like, oh, these are like micro happinesses. like, oh, if I do this thing, like I feel kind of good for like a second and then I'm back to being discontent. So, so yeah, I think it's very well done. So congrats.
1: Oh, thank you. Wow. That's saying a lot being man, you didn't even get to the, uh, the juicy chapters.
0: I mean, you haven't even really started hiking yet. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh my god you haven't even read
0: but like the beginning like i just think like it's something and i relate to it and i'm sure everybody relates to it it's this idea of like not being fully satisfied with your position in life like where you are what you've been working towards coming to a realization like oh maybe i'm working towards something that i'm not i don't know passionate about it or whatever and oh, you can totally, kind of speak yeah. to that. where were you at in this part of life i mean obviously people should read the book but like can you even connect with that anymore or or what
1: well, I mean I remember uh yeah, yeah I'm going back now I don't like to go back oh sorry <laughs> no, no no, no, it's fine no it's you know it's um I uh yeah in the beginning of the book uh Tom Hanks, I'll just tell for people I was working an event I was a photographer, a press photographer and I was working the press line and I was doing this a lot and I, I think I said it was like um working for Java the hut or something. Mm-hmm. Uh uh you know taking these pictures of these celebrities and then selling them to like Getty Images for money and that's how I made money and then I was passing out samples at grocery stores just to make just to make money, you know. And um I think I it, it was such a disconnect and I, a lot was my environment. Um Los Angeles is an incredibly difficult place to live. Um, the people are not the greatest. I mean, you could find friends, but you know, everybody is, uh, it's very egocentric. It's, it's, um, you work for other people's dreams, you know, while Mm -hmm. you're trying to build stuff. But I think, um, I wanted to show what could happen to somebody if you are stuck and you don't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I, you know, I should be grateful. I'm in a great city. I I have somewhere to live. I'm very, you know. But why was I struggling so much? Every day I was struggling so much. And so I think the beginning, it was very important for me to come across as being, hey, this is this is a lot of people. A lot of people feel this way. They feel stuck and they don't know what yes. to do. Yeah. And then I found this trail and which is in the Pacific Northwest, I've never been to the Pacific Northwest where there's grizzly bears and there's, you know, Wolverines and there's, you know, isolation and there's just woods. And I, and I just, I don't know. I just, I knew I needed to do something wild. And I think that is always what I say to people. If you're struggling, like in the beginning of the book, how much I was struggling I jumped in a pool and I sunk to the bottom and I didn't want to come up. I was fighting myself. Don't go, don't go to the surface. Cause then you have to face reality. Don't go up. And then um, Kim got me out of the pool. Um, but it, it is that jolt. It is what happens if you jolt, if you do something completely crazy and totally out of your realm. And I think people are afraid to do that. People mm-hmm. are afraid to do something wild like that, but, but, at the, f- at the other end, it will save you. It will absolutely save you. And so, yeah, the, the beginning was rough, though. I remember writing those chapters and having to relive that. And I was like, that was not a fun time, you know, yeah. like it, it was really difficult. Um, But yeah, but, but there then there was Tom Hanks. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, it always comes back to Tom Hanks. It is <laughs> a life goal of mine to
0: high five Tom Hanks. So yeah. I don't know if that can happen or not. <laughs> but
1: he would give you a high five. Let's just say that.
0: Hey, you know what? I'm going to count that. I'm just going to count that, you know? Uh, well, I think it's the... I guess what stood out to me was... um, Because we do. We have these moments where it's like the floor falls out unexpectedly. Yes. And this is part of every person's life. And it's going to happen. And it's wh- horrific. And you wish it didn't happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. But those are like the really devastating moments. But then you just have this like insidious, like somewhat negative moments. You know what I mean? Like they don't have to be giant. They could be micro things, but they're adding up over time. And I think that's something everybody's dealing with, you know, pretty consistently. And it's just figuring out how to handle that in a way that's going to suit your life and like make your life feel fulfilled, you know what I mean? Oh, and I think that's the, yeah. that I really was like, whoa, she is like nailing this like of what this these like micro negativity like what it can do over time, like when it adds up, you know.
1: Oh yeah, when I'm just going to open this so my light. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I remember too in the book, I uh I was passing out samples and and then it was um I'll never, it was in a West Hollywood, a Whole Foods in West Hollywood, and after I was done, packed up everything. And it was so hot. And I remember being, it was it was um, smoggy and hot. It was the end of the day. And I was dragging, my my sample table dropped out of my hand in the parking lot. And I was dragging it across the parking lot. And there's so many, I was sweating. I was in this sweatshirt. And I remember, um, yeah, the motorcyclists like revving their engines, people honking their horns, yelling at each other, like cursing at each other and nobody would help me and i couldn't and then bottles are starting to fall these glass bottles are starting to fall out and the dragon i get in my car and i'm i'm having a panic attack like yeah. i'm suffocating and i'm in this car and i'm trying to i'm trying to breathe and i'm trying to get a hold of myself and this little woman taps on the window and yeah i roll it down and she's like are you leaving cuz i want your parking spot get out of here you know <laughs>
0: you, you thought for a second she's like She's yeah, are you okay Like, sure her, i'm yeah, fine.
1: No. yeah she's like no i want this parking spot this is a good <laughs> spot get out of here get out of here go yeah I'm crying I,
0: stop crying it, go back up
1: and i remember it's one of my favorite lines in the book i say like the devil was sucking the last bit of life out of me like a fat kid would or a fat kid would a uh a chocolate milk straight oh, chocolate milkshake like um how a, cho- how a chubby kid would suck up a chocolate milkshake violently and with a smile I just butchered that, but it's something like that and I just remember, I just remember that was it. Like the devil yeah. was like sucking the last bit of life out of me. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I think I think it was like that uh the next day or like uh soon after I found the Pacific Northwest Trail. But I, I think ultimately uh what that book is is my relationship with her. It's my relationship with Mother Nature. Yeah. And it is that that calling. And I think people in their lives. Uh, will experience the calling. For me, it was through hiking, but it could be anything to venture out into the wild, into nature. We all get called and some of us choose to answer and some of us choose not to answer. And if, if you don't answer, she will keep calling you. When you're a kid, it starts and it will pursue your whole life until you answer or you die. And I truly believe that nature and getting out there is, is could heal so much, you know, if people allow it. But I think in, in that time in LA, I was being called, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get out of it, you know? And so, um, yeah. And then I eventually was like, all right, you've called enough. I'm here. Yeah, Let's stop do this. calling.
0: It goes <laughs> to voicemail, mother nature. Come on. No. Uh, what? So you mentioned it though. Like, Everybody gets this call, and yet, yet you were you were the you answered it. You know, not everyone answers it. Yeah. So, what was that? No. What do you think that was about you that brought you to like? I'm definitely doing this. Like, is there any like personality traits? You're like, you know, adventurous or stubborn or whatever. Where you're like, I'm doing this right now.
1: I, you know, I have an answer to that, and it's kind of morbid. But okay. it is—it's the truth. It's um w- w- the biggest reason people don't want to do the Pacific Northwest Trail. The biggest people, the, or the biggest reason people don't want to get out there and hike is what is it? They're scared of animals. They're scared yeah. of of getting lost. They're scared of all that. They're scared of dying. Mm-hmm. I felt dead. I was—I already died. Yeah. Like I, in my skin where I was at that time, I wasn't. I was dead. You know. I had, and so you know when you feel that when you feel that um madness uh, there's you haven't read this chapter yet but there's a chapter called that girl and um i tap onto how madness sets you free i already felt nothing and so going into the woods and dealing with grizzly bears and dealing with all that that was nothing to me like i i already experienced like what it feels like to die inside you know yeah and I know it sounds really morbid, but that's that's what it was for me. And so, yeah, I mean, I I feel like everybody in their life needs to feel that, though, because that's how you that's how you really truly see what you're made of is going through hardship like that. And, yeah. and you know, and um, I, I just did an interview with another woman a couple days ago. And uh, we were talking about how, you know, like when we were dating in college and heartbreak and all that. And I hope every single woman gets her heartbroken because that's how you really learn who you are, how you deal with that, and how you move forward. And so, yeah, in my life at that time, I had already—I was already gone. So going into the woods and dealing with grizzly bears was nothing. I mean, I, yeah. I really didn't really think a lot of a lot about it. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Well, and I.
0: No, I think it connects to um your dedication at the start of the book, which I was like, oh my gosh, that's so good, and it just says, "Dedicated the fearful, may you one day ask your fears to dance." And I don't know why, like I just think that's a really powerful sentence because we all have our fears. I was just sorry, I just was having like a really. Deep conversation with my with one of my uh, principals at my school, and I brought up this idea, and I brought up a quote from your book, which was like the secret to living is mastering the art of dancing with your fears, not running from them, because it's really easy to run from your fears, and it's really easy to distract so easy. yourself and just push it down, and try to, but you're never gonna outrun your fears. Your fears are really fast. They're faster than you. Your fears are gonna catch up. They're gonna get you. They don't stop. They don't get tired. You get tired and they're gonna catch up with you. And figuring out this like art form of like bringing your fear into your life in a way that you're able to just keep going and do it in like the most meaningful way is like so huge. So I loved that. I thought that was so good. And obviously, like, one of the themes of your book.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you have, I, I don't know if you've gotten to the chapter, um, th- there was this moment, uh, which I'll never forget. I started the hike with a girlfriend, uh, Jordan Sessions, and- um we got about, I think it was like 10 days in and she got a call for a job opportunity as a cheerleader for the Los Angeles Chargers or Rams, Rams or Chargers. It was one of those. One of those Los Angeles teams. Yeah. One of those Los Angeles teams that she had to take it. And so I was like, well, I'm not hiking around here by myself. And so I decided I'm going to go back with her. And I remember that night I ended up um, having, going out for a drink and I had a drink with a, uh, a glass of whiskey with this woman named Rosa and who, uh, Said some things. You haven't got to that part yet. I don't oh, I think. can't
0: wait. I, ha- I can't. Uh,
1: who said some things? And I decided the next day I wasn't going to fly back. I was going to continue on and hike across Idaho and uh, Washington by myself. And I remember I said bye to Jordan, and uh, I was climbing this hill, and I looked down at her, and she like you know has one hand to the sky, and and I waved to her, and my heart sank, and I was so so freaking scared and i turn i remember i turned and i just headed in the woods were dark and i knew i had a good thousand miles ahead of me and i just remember thinking to myself like it like it's just it's i mean this is a line in my book but i mean like it's just you and me like let's let's fucking dance you know like let's do this yeah and um i don't know if i'm allowed to curse um, you can
0: curse so I, I oh, mean, okay okay
1: okay i was like nervous, me so like, ah.
0: as a mild mannered middle school teacher i've never cursed ever in my life and so oh. i i don't curse on the show mr ward is wholesome everybody if he's wholesome he's yeah, very wholesome i definitely. have yet to
1: hear this yeah um but but i was I darn was very, Oh, darn Tooten! let's let's do this let's dance let's waltz <laughs> let's waltz um but I I had that like, okay, this is gonna be tough, but let's I don't know, let's do this. I'm scared yeah. out of my mind, but let's let's do this. So, yeah, I was really yeah. scared. That's me. a powerful
0: <laughs> moment though, and that's a lesson that that's a moment that lives with you for the rest of your life. Like it's not just like someone told you not to be scared of stuff. It's like you yeah. did that. Like your body yeah. and your brain literally was like, We are just going to take our fear in and we're going to go with it. Oh, my
1: whole body was shaking. Yeah. And I was going to throw up. I was so scared.
0: But there's a difference between someone saying that and then going out and experiencing that. And the experiencing of it means that's a part of you now forever. That's like a part of the puzzle that you've been able to like hold on to, you know?
1: Absolutely. Have you ever felt that way? Like where you're just so scared out of your mind, but you, you continue to do it?
0: You continue because you're like there's no other choice like you just have to and i felt that way in adventures like doing like physical things but also like emotionally in my life it's just like you're terrified and devastated and you're like i just gotta keep going like there's no other option what's the other option there's no other option i just gotta keep on keeping on as my friend phil says so (laughs) (laughs) um yeah Yeah. no i love that yeah that's amazing Um,
1: Yeah, you haven't. um, You're gonna get to the chapters about the Olympics, and I remember that that was the biggest test. I think of that. Of that. That's towards the end. Yeah,
0: you start with the end cinematic
1: yeah you oh know? yeah you saw you noticed that that's a cinematic that's a
0: cinematic that's a oh, way yeah. to do it though that's the way to do it so you start <laughs> and here's why and here's why i thought anyway sorry not to explain to you who wrote the book why you yeah. did it but no,
1: that's all right go for it <laughs> <laughs> probably know better than me <laughs> no here's why i
0: thought that was important because so often we think the destination whatever we're working towards in life, we're like the destination is the reason why I'm doing this. And you showed right off the bat in this story. Here's the destination. We start with the destination. Kinda. You should read the story. Um, And it's you. I mean, can I spoiler alert the very beginning?
1: Go for it, please. So it's you
0: not reaching the destination. Yeah. The destination is near and you don't you aren't able to continue which I want to hear all the gory details of that. Um <laughs> but you realize basically right off the bat you're making the statement of like that's not the thing that matters. It didn't matter if I got there or not. Who cares? Like that's ultimately like that's not the meaningful part to me. The meaningful part is the journey and it's mm-hmm. the ups and downs along the way and the lessons learned along the way. Mhm. I don't know if you intended that. That's what I took from it.
1: Uh, it, you know, it's so interesting because I I love hearing people talk about how like their thoughts about the book and like yeah. like well, Diana, this is this is what you meant by that. Like this is why you wrote that. And I, I felt like, like I a,
0: a jerk just, when I said it that way. That's not what I how I meant. Exactly that
1: way. right. But I love that because uh, you know. Now I, I really want you to read it and I want you to see the end, the real end, you know? Oh. And I, I, yeah, cause I, oh yeah. I'm excited now. <laughs> I'm There's actually like very a... excited for you to finish it because okay. yeah, it's All not right. what you expect.
0: All right, sweet. No, I did a little, uh,
1: a little Hollywood magic there. Oh, just... uh, took you down a rabbit hole, but really we're going down another hole. You twisted it <laughs> yeah. up.
0: Yeah. This is a total like twist ending kind of thing, you know? That's yeah, awesome. yeah. 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 Well, that. so I'm excited. Okay. So that's a total cliffhanger tease for me, which I'm psyched about. But, <laughs> but I think like, yeah, I don't know. To me, it just made the statement of like, this journey is important. It's not necessarily like the end of the journey, I guess. I don't know.
1: Okay. All right. But, I like that. Yeah. Is it any weird others? To- any others? <laughs> is it
0: weird to hear like other people reacting to your art? Because I felt that way with our movie where. It was just really interesting to hear perspectives and what people were taking away and which people were taking away which things and and all that because I'm like, you know, I guess you like you lived with this book and the story because it was your life and you lived with it for years and years and years or months and months as you were writing and. Then you put it out there and no now it's no longer yours. Now it's like other people's to take and take in and draw lessons from in their own ways. And it's just an interesting, weird experience that I'm glad I had because I just found it endlessly fascinating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's uh it is really interesting when people write me and what people say about the book and how, you know, a lot of older men love this book. And you'll see why we're going to hit a lot of characters who are.
0: I feel like you're calling older. me old right now and I'm not. No,
1: I no, 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 no. I'm, no, no. I'm, talking, about, I'm talking about like, I'm talking about like I'm a, a lot of um a lot of my dad's friends just yeah. loved this book. And it is there's a lot of older there's characters from all walks of life and all that stuff. But um but I. I don't know. i I wrote it. I wrote it for myself for uh, yeah, you know, in the beginning. I wrote it because I was it went to another bad place. Um but, you know, I wrote it to show people what could happen when you lose your mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's that's it. Like madness sets you free. What happens when you give up everything to try to get to a goal? Do you try to finish something? I never finished anything. I was always a quitter. I always would start something and like, I'll finish it later. And I never did. And this was the first time I said to myself, I will do whatever it takes to get to the ocean. I will give up whatever. I will give up anything. I will give up my feet. I will give up my, I will give up anything. Nothing matters except making it touching that, the Pacific Ocean. And it is a book to show people what happens when you lose your mind and when you go mad and you have this goal and you're so driven and what you could accomplish. And I, I think that's kind of why I wanted to write it because I think people struggle so much with uh, going after something, having a goal and, and pushing themselves every single day and giving their life meaning in that way. And so, um, yeah, I, I hope I do that. But oh, that's kind of a spoiler for because I know you haven't finished it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's what it is. This is what happens when you go mad and yeah. you will... Do anything, anything to finish and to uh to make it make it to the ocean.
0: Dude, I can't okay. <clears throat> that was a great way of selling that because I'm like, we need to stop, <laughs> we need to stop the podcast. I need to finish the book. Uh
2: <laughs> no, uh
0: no, I think yeah, that's fascinating. So to you, that was kind of like one of the big themes that you were bringing to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, what yeah. Other cause...
0: reactions were you getting from like I mean, what reactions from family members?
1: Oh because man, like, the different
0: during the moment, like while you're doing the hike, you were probably like making the story seem a little less intense. You're like, no, we're good. Like, it's all good. Yeah, my feet are mom, fine. Mom, I'm totally fine. I haven't hitched once. Yeah. Everyone's so nice.
1: Lots of women. There's no creepy men around. Any small <laughs> towns, mom. It's all women, old women just knitting, and it's weird. And there's chickens and ducks, and it's yeah. just this like very wholesome place. Um, <laughs> uh yeah oh yeah and then she
0: reads the book and she's like you were spitting the truth
1: (laughs) call me right now diana call me right now you never told me there's a chapter called the hitch Uh and it's the only time in my life where Mm. i thought "Hmm, death might be an option today
0: bad yeah
1: death might be an option today if you've ever seen silence of the lambs Mm -hmm. I death might be an option today and i never told her about What happened in that? What happened for there? And she reads the book. She's like, "Call me right now. We need to talk. Why have you never told me about this?" And I'm like, "I'm still here, so it's fine. Everything's fine. Ended up being okay. It ended up being okay. But yeah, it's um, yeah. You got to read that.
0: All right. Well, that's the other thing I've appreciated is all the movie (laughs) references. Like I'm a total movie geek. Like I love. Uh, I, I love movies just um, in general yeah. it's a great art form and i'm I'm all born like, and
1: raised in the film industry yeah, yeah. i love the film industry so yeah. what
0: what's like the ones that have really like inspired you throughout the years and you know which movies were you always like coming back to and things like that
1: I mean, I'm a child of the late 80s, so, mm. uh, you know, E.T., Indiana Jones, anything Spielberg. Yeah. Um. Yet Goonies. I was, a yeah. hu- you know, it just wild. I was always attracted to wild adventure tales. And when I made the decision to write a book, I said, you know what, I'm going to – I want it to be this wild adventure. And I called it A Walk Through Neverland because if you remember Peter Pan's Neverland – You know, the Pacific Northwest looks like Neverland, the green and the blue of the water and, you know, the cast of wild characters. I mean, I relate all the characters to Peter Pan. Uh, to people I met, you know, you haven't met Batgirl yet, but Batgirl, you know, she could be Tiger Lily and you haven't met the Three Stooges and Three Stooges could be like the pirates and the the cast of characters was so wild. And so as I was writing, I wrote this to be a film, like I wanted to write a script, but instead of writing a script, I said, you yeah, let me just write, a, let write a book. Now, that's easier, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I really see this as being uh just a like a mini series or you know, a, a film of some sort. So I'm gonna yeah. go after that next year, but um, but yeah, it's um, a wild cast of characters. But I mean, I was uh, I yeah, i loved adventure tales. Yeah. I mean, what about you? What kind of movies? oh, same, same,
0: same. I mean, right? I so I grew up in the star, Iowa. Wars and- like I don't want to ever say like people think of Iowa and they think of like super small town, like I was in a decent sized town, like not LA not obviously.
1: like yak montana like I was it was a little bit
0: bigger than yak montana so i grew okay. up in like Mustang, iowa on the mississippi river and i would watch movies and it would take you to places that i hadn't been you know like i would watch yeah. indiana jones which it is my favorite movie of all time and i showed it's- my daughter that oh, i showed God, my daughter yeah. the raiders this summer bless it was, you it was the greatest moment of my life and that bless was so you. it was so good and i could talk about that for hours and hours probably. <laughs> um but it was easily i've been waiting for nine years and i was like this happening today
1: we're going, to we're going today sit here you're not moving for two we went and a half hours <laughs> i
0: set up a giant screen our giant screen and projector uh, i'm like lock the door get the popcorn <laughs> let's go uh, you're
1: not leaving until yeah. you appreciate a young Harrison yeah, yeah.
0: young Harrison Ford he's just the man like the dudes want to be him and the women want to be with him and oh yeah both ways you know Uh, he just
1: was so perfect
0: (laughs) (laughs) but so that movie but then i think of like there was a movie i mean i there's a billion different movies but the way it took you to different places and as a kid you know you're you know your area you know if you haven't yeah been you know crazy far but there was a movie called hatchet I don't know if you remember this. Oh movie yeah. Where the dudes, the kids playing crashes and he has to survive with a hat. He has a hatchet and that's uh, the only thing yes. to survive. Yes. And to me that showed me adventure, like the mountains the Lake he was at the forest, all of it just seemed like an epic adventure. And yeah. so that one I've always been drawn to, but there's so many, I love movies so much. Like I think it's incredible and yeah. for you to like then go into the film business, you know, and then to ultimately lose your passion for it. Like I was just curious about that journey for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was I I loved it cuz my 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 father was in it and my mother and um, you know, so I got into the film industry right from college and you know, wide-eyed and excited and it it's a really tough tough yeah. industry and people will literally eat you alive. Yeah. Um and it is very egocentric and it's difficult. But at the same time, it's creative and wild and exciting. And so you're really like confused. Yeah. <laughs> you want to make movies, but to make movies, you have to deal with so much. It's not easy. And um yeah, but but now it's like even after you know, that hike and post that hike, I don't know. I kind of have this new found appreciation for maybe films and for the industry and i i i feel tougher i feel stronger you know um after the 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 that hike changed a lot of things for me in my life um but now it's like i'm still in the film industry and i i do have a new love and a new appreciation for it and i meet so many people and it is an industry that is very near and dear to my heart and i think i'll always love it and i will always love movies and i'll always love telling stories and all that um, but yeah, it's, I think like anything, it's just difficult. It's tough, you know, Yeah. it's, um, yeah, but, uh, I just saw the other day, uh, Oppenheimer. Oh yeah. Have you seen it?
0: i have not yet no
1: oh yeah i mean i need
0: to yeah that's the thing like with see it yeah now that i have kids like going to the theater is a lot harder. they would
1: love (laughs) it just take it take them to see it (laughs) they would love it welcome to your first
0: christopher nolan by the way (gasps) but
1: yeah get to know christopher nolan because he's uh he's 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 one you got (laughs) to know how old is your daughter
0: she's nine. well my oldest is nine and i have a six-year-old and a four-year-old so just
1: create like a powerpoint presentation about christopher nolan oh i already
0: have like this is the list of movies that you are this is we're doing this as soon as you're of like as old as i think you'd be ready (laughs) for it or whatever on
1: their like uh 15th birthday all right let's go
0: we're doing john (laughs) carpenter's the thing uh, and um, just right diving into in a- all the Kurt Russells. That's the next. <laughs> Me and my wife have been on like a Kurt Russell spree lately. Oh know? yeah, and I mean,
1: Gladiator is like, one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, no, that's not Kurt no, Russell. Russell. That's Russell Crow. Um, that's Russell Crowe.
0: Kurt Russell could have done Gladiator too. Oh, in, in overboard. All the parts. <laughs> yeah, if we did that one. That was already one. Dude. Cr-
1: yeah, Kurt Russell's, uh, oh, my God, a young a young Kurt Russell and a young uh, Harrison Ford, man.
0: That's, you know what? Now I think about it, I think my wife's tricking me into just watching Kurt Russell movies because he's an attractive man.
1: He's a very attractive man. He's got a great <laughs> personality, too. I think he's just one of those. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, but I'm I think there's fan.
0: something like the storytelling is powerful. Like, it's a powerful thing to so even in in your story. You get to know one of your neighbors in your apartment building and yeah. you get to hear stories of this guy's life and some of the things he's done. Mm-hmm. And and that was powerful enough to like push you into having confidence in maybe doing this yourself, you know.
1: Yeah, he's definitely the Yoda. I don't know if you've seen yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. This little oh, tiny pff, movie called Star Wars. I've
0: never heard of it. No, is that an independent? <laughs> is
1: that <laughs> Yeah, it was made for like I think ten thousand dollars, maybe something like that. (laughs) Yeah, Um, okay. uh, You know, he he was very much like a Yoda. I mean, he he is somebody who has traveled the world many times over again. A hunter. He, um, I mean, he and here I am, like I want to do this little hikey thing, but I don't know what you know. And he's he really, uh, I guess I could say he went deep. I mean, he really psychologically kind of went in and pulled out like what what I needed. He kind of adjusted what I needed in my life. Like mentally, he really was, he set the tone for possibility. He set the tone for this is what could, this is what you could be. This is yeah. what you could do. Cause I did it uh, much like Yoda. And uh, yeah, he really was a driving force for a lot of the, a lot of everything. Yeah. And that's
0: from stories though. Like, I mean, the connection there is like, It's the beautiful thing that we pass along to people is the stories. And that just is like direct. Like he passed these stories along to you and now you're passing them along to the rest of the world. You know, I just think that's awesome.
1: And he said something very interesting. He said, you know, traveling and adventuring is not about you. It's about other people because you don't, we very rarely come to realize the impact we have on other people. Yeah. And it's not, you know, he's not somebody who's like, okay, bye, have fun. You know, it was understand that what you're doing is going to impact a lot of people. And he knew that right from the beginning, because he lived that he did that, you know, he's inspired a lot of people. And even on that trail, and on that adventure, you know, even a lot of people affected me, but coming into their lives also affected them. So it was like this this um weird kind of collaborative dance thing we did um but yeah but he was uh very smart i just saw him the other day he broke his foot so he's in a cast right now and the doctor said uh kim you can't walk for like three months and on day two he like put his crutches over and he's just walking around his yard and i'm like oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. but uh but yeah but yeah lots of characters lots of wild characters yeah
0: yeah. Um, I want to hear a little bit to wrap up about Bush and Banter, uh, your podcast with Jennifer. Um, what, like, what was the genesis of that idea? Like, why were you guys like, was it just an excuse to catch up, you know, every so yeah. often or what?
1: I I made her, uh, so, uh <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bush and Banter is my podcast with, uh, through hiker, Jennifer Mavis, you know, uh, like, um, Jen found out she was pregnant and I decided I want to write a book. And so at the time, I, you know, this was a year ago, we we didn't have we didn't want to we couldn't do adventures. We couldn't go through hiking. We couldn't do yeah. that. And so I said to her, I said, "What if we just started a podcast?" And Jen, you know, we said there's a lot of podcasts out there, but I said, "Let's get in the game. Let's compete. Let's do it. Let's do something." It doesn't matter if it takes off or it goes nowhere. Let's just do something yeah. to kind of um you know, fuel, uh, feed our creative juices for the outdoors. Yeah. And we started Bush and Banner exactly a year ago on Wednesday. And, um, yeah, we, we started just me and her kind of talking about the outdoors and through hiking. And then our second season, we decided to bring on guests Yeah, and we went after five people and we thought we're never going to get any of these people. And we got all five.
0: That's and, awesome.
1: Yeah. So now it's just this adventure podcast. And we just uploaded Diana Nyad, who swam from Cuba to Florida. At, yes. I think 62 or 64 years old. Amazing. And, yeah. And so now we said, we have something here. We just found out a couple of weeks ago, we're in the top 2% of new podcasts. That's as awesome. Far as far success rate. Yeah. And so now it's like we're starting to build this community and culture for the, out not, not even the outdoors, but just adventuring yeah. like, throughout the world. And so- Yeah. So we're, um, we're, we're, we're stoked about it. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of talking to Jen every day, which can get a little tiring, but, uh, no, no, but it's, it's fun. It's we, we've been having a lot of fun at it. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I love the idea of like not being able, like not, you're just in a season of life where you're, you weren't able to go out and do like a big physical adventure. And so this is just taking those lessons and applying them to something else.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And everyone we interview is is incredible at something very specific. Yeah. Swimming and backpacking. We uh Dan and Kika from Sailing Uma who are sailing around the world in their sailboat. And you know, a, a lot so of these cool. people. Yeah, our tagline is we interview people way cooler than we'll ever be. And these, oh,
0: people, yeah, dude, these people
1: define I that, stole you know. The
0: tagline, that is genius.
1: It's genius because I be... <laughs> I
0: felt that podcast guilt before, where I'm like, dude, all of these people I'm interviewing are like way cooler than I am, and that's
1: gotta be your tagline.
0: Yeah, no, you oh, can't take I, it because it's ours. Okay, I, won't, I won't say that. No,
1: maybe say we'll it. share it. Nah, no, Jen won't like cool. that. <laughs> no, we can't. No, yeah, uh, I works, will say you fun.
0: interviewed Callie Russell from the television series Alone. Yeah, I'm actually going on a tr- I'm going on
1: a trip with her next week. Are you yeah, going to mean- eat a porcupine? No, I'm like, going oh God, are you kidding me? Did you saw her season, right? Yeah, it was
0: the best season of Alone, hands down.
1: Dude, she's she's wild and crazy. I'm going on a river trip with her and like 16 other women in Montana next week. Um, she was amazing. She interviewed us. She's on. She's in the outdoors. When we were talking, to her, she's laying on a pack of goats, and I don't even she, know what
0: that means. That's so cool. I, I don't even know what it means. You
1: no, know, she's <laughs> laying on goats, like the animals. Like, she's no, I know. I think she's weird. <laughs> and and yeah she survived like 74 days in the arctic yeah like she's wild yeah
0: well i'll say um if you see her will you just tell her how i watched alone which was i caught straight up influenza like the flu on the last like three days of the school year and so i missed the last as a teacher i missed the last three days of the school year and I was just laying in bed and I couldn't get out of bed. And my kids were all home with me too, cause they were all uh, sick as well. Not uh, as bad as I was. And I just couldn't get out of bed and I was watching alone. And I was like, well, at least I'm not eating porcupine or whatever. An right
1: infected now. porcupine. Yeah, at least I'm not yeah. eating
0: it. It made me feel a little bit better about my life. At the moment,
1: Yeah, so. when, she, when, when they took her out for frostbite yeah. and she said oh, goodbye
0: so oh. oh my
1: I she could have won that man she oh man she could have won that but um it was bad yeah her frostbite was
0: it was really really bad,
1: really bad. yeah that's so Do cool I... that you get to go oh yeah trip. yeah dude I'm, I'm so pumped I'm, I'm a little nervous because it's um um yeah it's uh I mean she's just she lives in nature she yeah. lives in the woods and I'm like here I am like teach me yeah, <laughs> like teach I'm me. I'm st- but i'm uh yeah i'm stoked do you mind if i ask you a quick question yeah um or no uh, i don't mind <laughs> i know i know cuz i know you have to go yeah. um your uh documentary that you were a part of that you i believe you directed and produced yes. you were a co- well, director, co-director producer. Director, yeah yeah what um you know i i watched it and it's about these crazy crazy people that are in the desert running like i think it's 150 miles yeah why did you want to make that documentary? Why was oh, that important man. for you to tell that story?
0: It was one of those things, and maybe you felt this way about the book too. But it was like, I didn't want to make it. I like had to. I was like, uh-huh. this has to happen. I is is this weird drive and, and motivation where it's like, this isn't because I want to do this. It's not because I want to call myself whatever x y like whatever you're doing it was like this has got to happen it just has to like come out like i don't know it just had to but it's because i did that race uh two previous years the two previous years and it changed my life like it allowed me to process some really difficult parts of life um Uh and i think a lot of it was being surrounded by these incredible people. Like I showed up, you know, like I didn't know if I could run 150 miles through the desert um, in 2018 when I did it. And I got to meet all these wonderful people while at the same time, like simultaneously, like giving myself space to allow me to like, I mean, so often you've talked about fears and like, I guess this is why it connects so much is like, we can distract ourselves from fears 24 seven. Like I can mm-hmm. wake up and distract myself all day long and not deal yeah. with any of my bullshit all day long. Yeah. Um, and that's not healthy. That's not a healthy way to approach life. No, and it's not. so this allowed me, and it was, it allowed me to actually take time away from being the dist- distracted, away from distractions around this wonderful community and i actually like internalize life events and i it's not heal like you don't like i'm magically healed now look at me i did a thing (laughs) uh it's like no like you're you don't magically heal you you learn how to ride the waves of life you know like you learn yeah this is going to be a part of me and i have to internalize it in a healthy way rather than avoid it and i think that happened and then and then also just like the window of opportunity happened my friend paul's a director showrunner screenwriter guy yeah and we just got to talking about it and he's like hey man we should film this race as a documentary like there's there's always like weird interesting people that show up Mm -hmm. you know and weird interesting things happen because it's hard and it's like a really wonderful and we wanted to explore like just regular people what they get from an experience like this and why mm-hmm. it's so important and why it was important to us, you know, like we mm-hmm. wanted, we wanted to somehow capture that spirit and that feeling, um, you know, and, and also like, I just, I want an excuse to do a really fun adventure and a really fun project with my friend. And I met a lot of really cool people along the way, like everyone who helped us they're like some of my like really good friends now you know and it's just amazing like the windows of opportunity that open and you can jump through them or you can wait for them to close and for me it was like i have to jump in this and i have to like like i said it was just like this story has to be told and i just felt like i don't know I was like this is gonna happen one way or another What?
1: you're the guy you're the guy for the job and i'm
0: just the man for the job and you're just like, the man for the job like why are you the man for the job have you ever done this for I'm like no and they're like do you no. know what you're doing no i have no idea uh but but you're yeah. perfect <laughs> but yeah so anyways that was a long answer probably but um yeah, it was really meaningful to me the whole experience. So.
1: Yeah, I really loved that cuz it's it's kind of like through hiking like all these people from different walks of yes. life, they come yeah. together for the common goal of running 150 miles through the desert. I don't yeah. understand that, but you know, it's that's why I was so intrigued by your documentary because you know, I ran this morning. I ran two miles this morning and I hated life. And uh-huh. I thought, I think I'm done. And I but you get I to go never through the peaks again. and
0: valleys just the same, even on uh, two I, miles. Yeah.
1: I just went through my neighborhood and I was done. So your documentary is fascinating to me. And because it's something I, I'm not interested in and I think is very difficult. And yeah. so I can't stop watching. Like these <laughs> people run through the hot desert and you see them with their handkerchiefs over their face yeah. and they're breathing in like the dust that's all around them them but at the same time it's it's a it all boils down to the the human story of yeah that your cast of characters who are real people they are and you're and rooting they're amazing for them people and you want to see them finish and you want to see see the end and yeah, yeah so it was great I mean your storytelling is great I mean you and what I did. realized like yeah.
0: as a producer you probably know this like you're involved in these people's lives for a while you know, yeah. and I mean, hopefully forever, because I love these people. And, yeah. but like, we were so blessed to have like a group of people who we we're so inspired by, you know, yeah, because like, I could imagine, and I've watched things where it's not positive. It's a, you know, like it's more mm-hmm. of a negative story they're telling about interesting people, but, but yeah. I'm like, man, the producers have to be like, have that negativity in their lives for like ever yeah it's just wild so i'm like we're lucky we all you two are awesome
1: yeah they were very very awesome and i at the end i was rooting for them and um i loved when the uh gentleman with the flag he couldn't didn't want to carry the flag so the other woman carried the flag and uh, yeah you know it it, um yeah it it all boils down to the human experience i think Yeah, we all need each other in some way and and
0: that's something we like learned from doing the race you know like i i don't know and you learned it through hiking and people have learned it by biking you know what i mean like it's the thing in this these outdoor sports that like draw people in and a a commonality people leave with you know um which i think is awesome so but yeah, yeah so i i just i really appreciate what you're doing i think everybody should listen to bush and banter one because it is Really good. I'm not just saying that. Um, and you and Jennifer are super entertaining, but you are We're great, you <laughs> insightful, and you explore interesting parts of adventure, you know, like you yeah. could explore these internal lessons. Um,
1: absolutely, yeah, yeah.
0: And then a walk through Neverland, so good. I
1: don't know. Oh, oh I bet you said hey. it to all your guests. You know, I can't take a compliment, but. Yeah. I mean,
0: seriously, like everybody out there right now should go order this book because it is incredibly entertaining. It's funny. There's a, like just a great story that is told and you are a great writer. So congratulations. Aww, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. But uh, yeah. where can people kind of like find the book, f- follow more from you and Jennifer and all that stuff?
1: It's um Uh, uh social media, dianacarmella.com uh bush and banner is bushandbanner.com and we're on apple podcast spotify we're basically everywhere um yeah
0: that's awesome yeah thank you Like go on check us stuff. i'll link it in the show notes and all that stuff
1: <laughs> oh um, thank you very much yeah
0: please come on the podcast again at some point diane i really appreciate it talking with you maybe next time i'll have you and jennifer and then I'll just like let oh, you guys like, we
1: don't need her on our party. <laughs> just stamp her the mood. No, no, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure she would I'm sure she would love it. Love it just to talk over me for an uh- hour. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, good I luck just- on your adventure. And uh I hope it's like an absolute wonderful time.
1: Thank you. I'll let you know how it goes with Callie uh next week in uh awesome. in Montana. I'll tell her you uh you send your well wishes. <laughs> yes. Tell her it made me
0: feel a little bit better when I had like a 103 degree fever, you know.
1: Oh, I will. I'll absolutely pass on the message.
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll get back at you at some point. All right. Bye. 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen. That wraps up this week's show. A huge thank you to Diana for coming on the podcast. Uh and also a thank you to Jennifer Mabus for connecting us and um, kind of helping put this episode together, put the show together. Um, like I said, Bush and Banter, uh, Diana and Jennifer's podcasts is really, truly one of my favorite podcasts in like in the area of outdoor adventure. And if you enjoy this show, um, guaranteed you will absolutely love their show. Um, really appreciate the guests that they're able to bring on, um, and yeah so i highly recommend checking that out um it's wonderful uh and obviously you have a very talented producer in diana coming on and and helping put that show together and then you have just this really entertaining dynamic uh between these two wonderful hosts and their guests are just i mean they've had some mind-blowing guests so uh, well done well done um but yeah so i think uh to me, I think this episode actually is going to connect with a future episode of our podcast, um, which I had recorded before um, with one of my favorite human beings on earth, Bruce Kittle. Bruce has been on the show a handful of times. Um, he's been a mentor for me in my life, whether he knows it or not. Like, you know, i worked with him. I coached with him uh, way back when at this point. That was a whole different season of life for me. Um but it was at a very significant moment where i was like early 20s and i got to kind of like look up to the different adults you know that i would interact with and kind of see how they were handling their life and and all of that and i had nothing but crazy respect for bruce and i learned so much from the short time we worked together uh, and I've been lucky enough to do a podcast like this and have an excuse to like reach back out to him. Um, but I think there's a lot of what he talks about in that episode, which might be next week. It might be the week after. We'll see. Um, but I think there's a lot that connects to these themes in Diana's book, especially the idea of dancing with your fears. Um, You know, because I think. I just think there's a lot right now in our culture and in our society that's telling us not to have fears be fearless Um, you know be emotionless and and don't let your fears guide you and and stuff like that i think that's the messaging and i think a lot of times the messaging is well intended you know it's to help people bust outside of their comfort zones and things like this but as often with well-intentioned messages I do feel like it gets twisted and misunderstood of the original intent of the messages. You know, if I hear somebody tell me, like, don't let your fears control you, I might mistake that as I shouldn't have fears. I should be the comic book character Daredevil, the man without fears, right? Uh, I should be somebody who just isn't afraid of anything, and that's what being a human's about and that's what's being a man is all about like not being afraid of anything and one that's just completely unrealistic that's never going to happen but two like you're not going to outrun them like whatever you're afraid of needs your attention like that aspect of your life you need to give attention to because that is going to um cause you to take action on that you can't ignore your fears. And I think sometimes the messaging is to ignore them or to ignore your emotions. And you just, you can't, you can't do it. That's not going to work. It's not a healthy way to go about your life, you know? Um, But instead figuring out a way for you and for I, for I, for me, I don't know how to say that. I don't know how to say sentences sometimes, Uh, (laughs) figuring out a way for all of us to individually come to terms with these fears and bring them in and then act accordingly, you know, not acting based on our fears, but like understanding like I have this fear for this specific reason and here's how it affects my life, and here here's how it affects my decision-making, I feel like that is a way healthier way of taking something on, you know? Guess what, guys? Fear is, like, the ultimate endurance athlete. Emotions are the ultimate endurance athlete. Like, they're not going to quit. They're never going to stop. They're going to just keep going, and you're eventually going to be worn out. You know, if you're, like, trying to push down the fact that you're unsatisfied or you're unfulfilled and you're just distracting yourself with micro happiness, right? Like, Oh, I'm going to just distract myself constantly all day with X, Y, Z. Um, you know, it with, a in all those things have a varying range of like healthiness or not. Right. Like, but if you're just like, I'm just going to push that shit down and I'm going to outrun it you're not going to outrun it, dude. You're eventually going to get worn down and you're going to get beat up and you're going to be having to sit down on the side of the road and just wait. And that's when fear and that's when your emotions, they're going to catch up to you no matter what. No matter if you're like the manliest man of all time and you're like i only cry at the movie rudy and sporting events and stuff like that's not that's not gonna happen like you're gonna get life is gonna catch up that stuff you're trying to ignore will catch up um versus if you like pull it in and you're figuring out like how am i gonna live each day knowing that i have this fear and how am i gonna face it you know and and all of that but i'm going to bring it in i'm going to face each day with this self understanding like how powerful is that going to be that's going to energize you and you're going to keep going you're going to be able to go further and further and further and i think that is incredibly incredibly important i work with young people i work with teenagers And I see that there's a messaging right now going specifically to teenagers and a lot of times specifically to teenage boys, which is don't have emotions. Emotions are going to get in your way and don't process this shit, like ignore it, move on, push it away. Your emotions shouldn't control you. And I think it's getting mis-messaged. To them, I think. And of course, like a teenager is not going to understand the complexity of some of these messages anyways, you know, and they're going to misinterpret it. And I think that is a huge, huge issue right now. And I think, um, I don't know. I've just, I hope there's a a change in that. And I know me with the kids I'm going to interact with, like that is a big focus for me, especially in like a leadership class this year. And to draw it back to like stories and storytelling. Um, If you're still listening at this point, I realize this has been a long podcast, but it's been one of my favorite ones. So uh, I think to um, one of the very first scenes in the very first book of Game of Thrones with Ned Stark. May he rest in peace, spoiler alert. Uh, His son comes to him and says, can a man still be brave if he's afraid you know like we have this idea of like we shouldn't be afraid this is exactly what i'm talking about right and his dad who's been you know you know uh he's experienced life he's wiser obviously he's older things like this um he just looks at his son and says that is the only time a man can be brave and I just, I've, that's, that quote's always stuck with me because I think it's this different paradigm of this. It's a shift in, in how we look at fear and it's a shift in how we look at, um, you know, our, our anxieties and fears and things like this. And it makes us like, what's the, the biggest fear is fear itself. Like we're so scared of being scared, <laughs> you know, uh, Which is silly if you say it out loud, but that's truly like we're afraid of feeling that. Um, And so, anyways, all that to be said. Props to Diana for going out and and deciding like I'm gonna live a more fulfilled life in my over like with my terms. You know, like I'm gonna live it in my terms. I'm not gonna think about what other people may say or or any of that, like I have to do this to save my own life and to get my smile back. And I just think that's incredible. And I can't wait to see it. Hopefully one day, somebody make this into a movie. It'll be one of the best adventure movies of all time. I'm predicting it right now. All right. Anyways, uh, we'll get back at you next week. Thanks for listening. And yeah, you guys rock.